Yo, yo, welcome back, everybody. It is the Modern Marketing Podcast brought to you by Bloom Media. And I'm your host, Christian Garcia. I'm excited to join you guys today. And as promised last week on the episode, we have brought in our good friend, Mr. Chaz Garcia, my cousin, my unofficial cousin. And uh, we got Bailey joining us as well. Gentlemen, how is the uh, how's the Denver weather treating you this morning? It looks good. I haven't been outside yet. But uh, yeah, it looks, looks nice out. High of 70 degrees today. Looks <laughs> nice. That sounds great. Yeah. It's uh so I I told you guys I went for a run before this podcast. Um there are not a lot of things that I dislike about Texas. Uh it's a great place, great food, great people. The one thing that I routinely hate are how bad the allergies are. Yeah. So I got I was gonna go for a four mile run and I got to mile two and apparently my lungs just decided to stop working. Um <laughs> Now, that's a little bit of an exaggeration, because if that truly did happen, I probably wouldn't be able to record. Yeah, um, I was wondering that, yeah. But, like, you're not out of breath at all right now. <laughs> I was wondering. I mean, you're not dead, so yeah. like, how'd that work out? Um, <laughs> no, but like the, the allergies were so bad. If you heard a bump on my desk, that was Luca. Luca, my dog, just came in and <laughs> I saw him. knocked his head on my desk. I saw him walk in. He's, he's snooping around yeah. behind you. <laughs> he's snooping. He, he likes to be part of these podcasts. Um, <laughs> making sure you're all right. But yeah, yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm on this run and like I just, like, it, it's like the allergies were just too much and I just couldn't breathe. And I'm like, well, I can't continue my run because then I'll miss the podcast. And so yeah. um, that's one thing I don't like. Have you That's, tried popping uh, an allergy pill before the run? I probably should have, actually. Now yeah. that I think about it, if I, you know, if I could have done things differently, knowing <laughs> now when I, knowing what I know now, would I have done it differently? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, that's so. what I tell people too. I'm like, you know, around mile two and my lungs are about to burst. Oh, it's allergies. <laughs> <laughs> I can well, usually go okay. like five more miles. But. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Easy. I know. I know that. That probably sounds fishy, but I have done three or four mile runs like within the last week. So I know I'm capable. That's good. And my legs, my legs weren't hurting. And it's just like, I got, I got into my car and I, cause I asked, I asked Rachel to pick me up, which is the ultimate sign of, of defeat, right? It's like, I can't make it back to home. Well, I could have, I just wouldn't have been. Not a timely. Time that would have yeah. gotten me home to do the podcast. Yeah, yeah. timely fashion. Um, that's funny. But I have an inhaler. I have an inhaler <clears throat> from when I thought I had COVID, but I didn't. And uh, just popped a couple puffs, and uh, I was like, I'm ready to keep running. And so I was like, I think the answer is I just need to start bringing that with me. A couple uh, puffs mm-hmm. of the potion will, will do the trick, man. Yeah, mm-hmm. a couple puffs of the potion and uh, go knock out those last two miles. But yeah, anyway, yeah, that's not why we're pack. here today. <laughs> this is uh, yeah run with a fanny pack yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. This, this is not a fitness podcast although it should be at some point um we're here today we brought chaz on uh we talked about it last week we've had chaz on in the past as well but we're here to talk about really well it's okay so we talked about what we wanted to talk about before the podcast and i don't think we really ever landed on a definitive idea but i think the theme of today's episode is sports Sports gambling, cards, all things um, sports, all things, all things sports, and how social media ties into that world, um, especially. And we didn't talk about this on the pod, but I was going to ask you about this first, Chaz. You know, some of these new uh, ETF 
things that are popping up, things like NBA Top Shot, um, you know, some of these blockchain oriented, uh, you know, project or not necessarily projects, but these these uh, like highlight things that are going around that you can purchase. And so uh, we're here to talk with Chaz a little bit about that. Chaz and I talk on average, we probably text about 50 times a day. It's a lot. Um, would you agree with that, Chaz? Yeah, on a full slate of sports for sure. Yeah, it's it usually it revolves around um, sports gambling, what picks we have, um, how we lost our bet in the worst possible <laughs> manner, and how it's never our fault. That's yeah, typically how fault. it ends up going. Yeah, but uh, I hear we stories. brought Chaz on today. Yeah, I mean Bailey. Bailey knows like he yeah. he gets the fallout of. Yeah. The highs of the highs and the lows of the lows. Yeah, it's good because I don't have any part in it, so I can just sit back and watch you guys fail or, or succeed. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's just hop into it. I think, uh, Chaz, why don't you kind of introduce yourself? I know, like I said, we've, we've, we've brought you on the pod again or at some point before, but tell us a little bit about kind of, you know, your, your involvement in like, especially the sports card side of things, because I think a lot of people don't really understand, um, you know, that world, I mean, people under, I think to an extent people understand sports gambling, but, um, kind of tell us your, your, uh, your involvement in sports cards and in that world. Right. So I kind of explained it in the last podcast. I can't remember when I came on exactly, but you can go back and listen to that. Um, but it was a different time at that time for sure. So things have changed a lot since the last time I've been on. But basically, long story short, I got back into cards at the beginning of the COVID pandemic when there were no sports on, I needed an outlet, I couldn't gamble on anything. So I started going on YouTube and watching videos and people were opening cards on streams and I was like, that's interesting. This seems fun. Hmm. And then I started looking into it and realizing that the secondary market on a lot of these cards was exploding. So you Mm -hmm. could go to Target and buy a $20 box, well, maybe $20 plus tax, and resell it the same day for about $80. So at the time, I didn't have a job, really. And uh, so I was just like, all right, I'm just going to go drive around town, look for these cards. And I found a few big stashes and built up a pretty big role, and like the rest is history. But like I said, a lot's changed since then. Yeah, absolutely. And I think... Like, trading cards are interesting because um, when I was a kid, I mean, baseball cards were it. And I, you know, I've loved baseball my whole life. And, uh, you know, that's how I found my way to Colorado was, you know, playing for CCU. And, uh, I I mean, I've loved baseball cards. And my dad has a very very big sports memorabilia collection. That's one of the things that, like, long, long, long time ago, maybe 10 almost 13 years ago now, our house got struck by lightning uh, and the chimney fell through the the closet of my parents, or fell through my parents' closet. Oh, wow. And it was flooding. And uh, the first thing my dad went to go save were his baseball cards. Because, <laughs> like, um, not because, you know, not because they're extremely important to him or, like, they're, you know, more important than other stuff in the closet, but just because of how much value they have. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and so, but like, that's kind of been, that's, that's a thing. Like you hear stories all the time about like a Mike Trout rookie card going for millions or, um, 
like a Luka Doncic rookie card going for millions or, or I guess I don't know if it's millions but like you hear these stories about just these outrageously high resale values for some of these cards and especially in today's day I think people are are bringing back some of those old hobbies because like in the mid-2000s it wasn't really as big I feel like uh, mm-hmm. but it, there's a renewed interest and there's also an evolution of that into uh, NBA Top Shot which I just read a story the other day that Michael Jordan invested into that uh, into that startup. I guess uh, they raised two hundred fifty million dollars for for uh, NBA Top Shot, and people are just going nuts over Top Shot. So, Chess, do you kind of want to explain that side of things? I think um, I have a basic understanding of it, but I, I figure you might have a little bit more insight into that. So I have a basic understanding of it as well. I personally haven't invested or got into Top Shot. Not because necessarily that I don't want to. It's mm-hmm. just very difficult to get into it without a large bankroll. And to to get a hold of some of these packs to open, it's almost impossible. It's almost as impossible as getting regular cards right now in stores. You yeah. gotta you gotta be I mean, you got you're you're battling people with bots and people who mm-hmm. that's all they do all day so it's very difficult to get into but as far as the nft sector goes it's not it's it's not going anywhere anytime soon Um, right there's there's something to having um you know there's something to having that all your all your possessions i guess in a digital space it doesn't take up so much space as like physical cards and yet it's still using that whole crypto technology uh, to its to basically what it's meant for for individual addresses and on your mm-hmm. on your unique codes and you know it's I mean I can <laughs> this would be a long podcast but yeah yeah that's actually kind of where it would be nice to bring Steve in because you know Steve is kind of our resident blockchain expert yeah he uh, is. and so NBA Top Shot is really a a marriage of blockchain and really uh, for those who don't know what it is. The best explanation I can give about NBA Top Shot is, you know, to compare it to trading cards, right? You get a trading card and it is a, you know, it's not unique unless they do, you know, one one print of the card, right? Which is pretty uncommon. Um, you, you, you have a trading card and it, you know, if a, a typical trading card would have, you know, the player's picture, his stats, maybe a little blurb about him, uh, depending on what kind of sport or what sport they play. Now, NBA Top Shot, you're buying highlights, essentially, like video highlights. And they're like, it sounds weird because like, oh, why don't I just go on, you know, YouTube and watch that highlight? Well, why don't I just go look at a picture of a baseball player, right? Or Mm -hmm. a basketball player. It's that same thing. Like you own that highlight. I don't, and you own it through block, like the blockchain, right? So... My favorite example is that I guess I saw a, I don't know if this is a a parody Twitter account. I would assume it is, but um, some guy tweeted, uh, just bought an NBA top shot of Vaughn Wafer missing a dunk and then running into his teammate on the celebration, causing him to travel for (laughs) (laughs) $25,000. It's like like a, a highlight that's just like so terrible. Like that, why would anybody ever buy it? But like, then you get things like, um, I mean, obviously I live in Texas, so 
I'm a huge Mavericks fan, like the Luka Doncic buzzer beater over uh, Reggie Jackson last year in the playoffs sold for like tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars. And it's like, holy crap. Wow. And like, it, like it's anytime that level of money is being exchanged, like it's a pretty big deal. Right. And so I think, you know, top shot is one thing to really keep an eye on because, you know, in the same way that you can buy a signed baseball or like you can buy a really rare rookie card for somebody or, you know, anything in the sports memorabilia world, this is essentially the 21st century version of that. And there's, there's ways to trade them. There's ways to sell them and purchase them and all that kind of stuff. So it's a really unique frontier that I think is going to start being adopted by other sports as well. That's my take on that. Right. And right now, honestly, it's, it's not for most people. It's definitely for those people who have $25,000 to throw on a, yeah. a digital. I mean, it, it's, 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 it mirrors the art realm. I mean, for sure. You know, you got these yeah, high-end that's pieces a good, of that's art a good comparison. for yeah. millions of dollars. So I think what's going to happen next in the NFT realm is there's going to be a lower entry level. I don't know what that product's going to be, but we're going to be talking about 50 to to $100 highlights maybe. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. definitely, you know, what goes up must come down. Someone's going to have to get in at a lower level. So there's, you know, there's room at the bottom. Right. Because that's the, the the way that it's going to be adopted is if it's easier to get in, right? And I remember um, when my brother and I came and visited a couple couple weeks ago. Um, you know, we were all in the car and you were waiting in line to even have a chance to get, you know, to to, yeah. to like what was it like open a pack or whatever it was. But um, there were like tens of thousands of people waiting, right? So it's like this is, you know, it kind of combines the sports memorabilia world with the you know, the blockchain and the cryptocurrency world. And like you get a mix of both of those fan bases, which are very passionate. Like both of those fan bases like alone are passionate and you combine the two and it kind of becomes this fever pitch of, I have to have this. Right. And you can do it all. You can do it all at home. I got to tell a quick story. Yesterday morning, I woke up pretty early and I was like, I'm going to go to target and try to get some cards. So what Targets are doing here now, all across Denver, is at 8 a.m., that's when they start selling cards. So Mm -hmm. guess what? The line begins at about 3 a.m. So I show up at about 7.15 a.m. It's like Black Friday. Yeah, exactly. And there was 13 people in front of me already at 7.15. And then about 15 people showed up after me. And we're lined up outside. I'm reevaluating my life. I was like, I could have slept <laughs> was a there like longer. a known drop there? What's that? Was there like a known drop of, of cards there? Like people Yeah, so the new NBA Prism came out about a week ago and okay. that particular target got a huge stock. Okay. Um but the people of course that were there since three AM, they do it for like full time. So right. the target employee basically comes out and he's like all right, we're going to send in four people at a time and you go into the customer service section and you pick out cards from the shelf behind them and you're limited to three per item. So you could get three boxes, three little packs, three NBA, three NFL, whatever they have. And of course, people are going to go for the boxes because that's 
for you sure. know, the most the most value. So right anyway, now, continue. NBA Prism twenty one dollar box is reselling for about one eighty. Jeez. So that's why people are lining up at 3 a.m. Now, can I can I stop your story real quick and ask a quick question? Um, now, I think you've told me this before, but with these boxes, you can sell them straight up or you can open them, right? And there's the chance that some of these cards will have more value than yeah. the box itself. Is that correct? That's right. a risk. Mm-hmm. It's a gamble for sure. But so, I mean, I think continue. it's dumb if you don't resell the sealed box right now. Because once there's more in the market, the price yeah. of the boxes are going to go down. Yeah, right. Um, That's anyway, true. But it's impossible to get a hold of these boxes because the first six people pretty much wiped out that stock. Right. And that included a guy with a mohawk showing up and cutting everybody in line. Oh, no. And all of a sudden, people started cussing him out. They were complaining to target management. They were saying, <laughs> we're going to call corporate. They were chewing out this poor target worker making $14 an hour outside trying to rile, you know, we're in this huge line in front of target. People are walking up and they're just getting in line. They don't even, they think targets closed or something. I mean, (laughs) people had to walk up and be like, uh, what's this line for? And the target employees like trading cards. And they're like, what? They're like, what? So this is only getting worse because people are like, yeah, people are lining up for trading cards. Let me see what this is about. So, I don't know. Target's been dealing with this for a year now almost, and they still can't figure it out. I don't know what's going to happen, but, I mean, fights are happening all around the United States at Target's, and it's getting pretty ridiculous because you can just walk into Target and make more money in that one transaction than that Target employee made all week. Jeez. Mm-hmm. It's crazy to see how this has popped off because I remember you when you started doing this over a year ago. And you went all like to targets all over Denver, and there's nobody doing it, right? Or like a couple people that you saw, but like not like mm-hmm. this. I was able to walk into Walmart's and Targets and wipe out the entire yeah. shelf. There were just cards sitting there. Now it's out, many Walmarts are having them behind customer service with mm-hmm. a two card limit, and it's only made it worse that Pokemon's exploded as well. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. now it's I mean it's just chaos. And today I'd like to announce my retirement from. (laughs) (laughs) You heard it here first. (laughs) Do you think, when is your Hall of Fame eligibility? Hall of Fame eligibility, I don't know, probably when I got out at the right time if this card market crashes. If I get rid of all my cards at top dollar, that's. I'll be eligible for the Hall of Fame. (laughs) Okay. Wow. That's good to know. Um, This actually is similar. I mean, because now you're not only describing the trading card world, you're describing the resale world as a whole. Uh, because, <clears throat> excuse me, I operate in two resale markets, just kind of in my spare time, if I can. Um, graphics cards, and I might get a lot of hate for saying that because, you know, there's there's a big, a lot of people hate scalpers but i'm like hey you know what if i get one i'm gonna either use it or i'm gonna sell it i don't care um and sneakers those are the those are the two so and and both of those markets have similarities with the card selling market which is you buy something for retail and you can flip it for more right so sneakers for example got a pair of yeezys a couple weeks ago uh 
resold them for a hundred bucks profit. It's like, cool. This, this didn't take me any time yeah. to do that. Did it all from home, delivered them to my house. Typically what I'll do is like, I'll look at them and I'm like, do I like them? <laughs> nah, I'm going to sell them. Okay. <laughs> or like, yeah, I kind of do. I'm just going to keep them. Um, how often do you keep but them? But this, uh, how long do I keep them? How often do you keep them? Uh, not very often. Like typically I'll know, like when I buy something, like I'm buying this to keep, I'm not buying this to resale. Yeah. And then sometimes I'll be like, yeah, maybe I'll like it. Maybe I won't. But 90% of the time, if I know I'm not going to like it, I don't like it. And so I flip it. Yeah. Um, and then same. So like, for example, with, um, uh, with sneakers, same story, uh, a pair of Jordan ones dropped and I'm like, I'm going to go to the local foot locker and get in line. And I, I drove up to the mall. I got there, like the mall opened at nine and I, so I got there at eight 30. They're like, Oh no, we're sold out. I'm like, what? the mall's not even open. <laughs> and they're like, Oh, well we, you know, we let the, we let the people who got here at, you know, 4am and like they opened the mall at 7am just to That's sell those serious. sneakers and the mall wasn't even open. And I'm like, all right, looks like I have something to learn about this. So I don't even, I don't even mess with that anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you can't but that's, there. you can't. And then um, the graphics card market's even worse. Uh, so for those who don't know, graphics cards are used primarily for two things. One, if you're doing like video editing or like gaming on your computer, like that, you know, use a, you, typically have a, a pretty high-end graphics card in your, in your machine. Um, but the second thing you use it for is mining crypto. Mm. And so the graphics card market has exploded. Um, and, and not only that, when COVID hit, there was a chip shortage from China. Yeah, that's right. And so you combine those two things, and my graphics card that I bought at retail for $400 is now selling for $1,200. <laughs> um, and so what you start to see are these apps that pop up or I saw a YouTube stream. This guy was streaming like who has stock, right? And, uh, those allergies, man, they're killing me. Um, you could, you could like hop on this dude's YouTube stream and it'll say, uh, it'll list every single website that has stock or that has had stock in the past. Mm -hmm. And you would type in the chat, like refresh best buy. And it would refresh. It was like this guy wrote like a web uh, a web application to like check for stock because now what they do is like they won't even announce when they're going to drop it because if they do, then bots will snatch them all up, right? And so they'll just kind of leave it and just kind of randomly drop it here and there. But um, the other side of it is I downloaded an app called Hot Stock and it's like a $5 a month subscription and you can set up alerts for different products that drop. So the same thing happened with the PS5 and like the Xbox when it like during Christmas, right? You know, some bratty 12-year-old kid wants to go blast people on on Fortnite or uh, or uh, Call of Duty and they're just going to, you know, complain to their parents cuz they don't have a PS5 and so they're like, "Okay, fine. I'll spend $1,000 on a PS5 to shut my child up." Um <laughs> That will not happen in my house. I'm I'm putting a stake in the ground right now. Um, so anyway, like like the resale market is nuts. Like and, and you see that a lot. And I think um, social media has a big part to play in that. I think 
the awareness of kind of what's going on, like, you know, being able to hop on Twitter and like, you know, see what these cards are selling for and mm-hmm. like see what these sneakers or these graphics cards, like, like you hop on, like Bailey, you remember StockX? Yeah. That app? Yeah. They, they do graphics cards now. Yeah, that's right. I saw that. Yeah. Because, because they're so like rare mm-hmm. and like, I mean, but why not? Like I could set up an alert. I could spend $5 a month and have the chance to go buy a graphics card for $500 and flip it for $1,800? Like, yeah. of course I'm going to do that. Why not? Yeah, StockX it's, started, it's wild. Like, they were, doing, they were like uh, GOAT, just doing sneakers. Yeah, sneakers and, now, and streetwear and watches and stuff. Yeah, it, now, yeah, like now they're basically doing everything, everything. anything. Cards, like, too. Yeah, like it's, it's crazy. But weren't, but, you selling, uh, weren't you selling cards on Twitter? Right, so... I was going to say this, Twitter has actually made me so much money over the last few years. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I mean, going back to the PS5 thing, I'm awake at 2 a.m. for some reason one night, and I scroll in on Twitter, and somebody's like, oh, Kohl's has PS5s. What? So I go go and buy one, and you got $250 Kohl's cash for buying it. Of course, they canceled my order, but I got to keep the Kohl's cash. So I just That's made $250 bad. at Kohl's for nothing. Dude, they speaking of Kohl's cash, I don't know how those guys are in business. Because like know. you walk in I there know. and they're like, here's $50 Kohl's cash yeah. for Especially showing up. Especially after the PS5 debacle, they lost millions. Millions. I just don't get it. <laughs> they must have such outrageous margins on oh, their stuff. Sure. Didn't the CEO and it's like, hey. Oh, I, think, I mean, I don't even know. I just took their money and ran it. Dude, just by saying their name, I'm probably about to get $20 Kohl's cash. Yeah, yeah. you probably get an ad on Facebook. Here's $20 Kohl's cash. Exactly. Hey, here you go. Thank you for yeah. saying our name. Yeah. But, yeah, but going back to Twitter, I mean, it wasn't even just that. It's like um, I've, I've been able to follow people that are pretty good at sports betting, and they'll post discrepancies between sports books. One example was a couple of years ago, I bet that Tiger Woods wouldn't win in 2000 i don't know whatever his comeback here 2018 i think yeah i bet that he wouldn't win and then on another site i bet that he would win and if he didn't win i got my money back and if he did win right i would win a thousand and so he won and i won a yeah, he won the... because of somebody i followed on twitter I yeah mean, i mean that's great it's i think it's a tool it... Yeah, and that's a great segue into the sports gambling side. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we wanted to touch on that a little bit as well because uh, back when I had a Twitter, um, which I might I might refire the Twitter machine. Are you off and, Twitter? Uh, I've been off Twitter for a while. Oh, wow. um, Do you like money? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I hate it. Um, no. But uh, yeah, like back when I was on Twitter, I was you know we we talk about this guy who uh, would tweet every like almost every college basketball game um i don't know if it was every one of them but uh like he would just post his picks and like the dude would just be nuts i don't understand how anybody could comprehend that many games and like be as right as he was i think what was his winning percentage it was like 60 percent, wasn't it or like oh, higher he was a, like over 200 units at one point i know jeez so i ended up following a lot of his stuff and using his models i mean this guy literally gets three hours of sleep a day and crunches numbers and goes on shows he's in vegas he's living in vegas 
and I get to just use his information takes me like a couple hours. Tops. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just, uh, there's money out there to be made. Yeah. And I think that's what's really uh, interesting about, especially like the, the widespread legalization of sports gambling. Right. I think that's, that's a great topic to cover because uh, Dem- in Denver, it's legal. Right. So you can, you can hop on FanDuel. I think, uh, you know, you're hitting me up all the time with all these awesome FanDuel offers that you're getting. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're making it accessible and they're making it fun. You know what's funny to me is like, I don't know if gambling has ever been as socially acceptable as it is now. Uh, like, it used to be like if you played cards, you were going to hell. Right. right. Now it's like, hey, hop on, like play, you know, daily fantasy, you know, like hop on our sports book. Like it's fun. It's good fun. And it is good fun. I'm not <laughs> lying. But um, I mean, but like with anything, like gambling is addictive and you got to be real careful. Like I, we talk all the time. Right. I'm like, dude, I'm getting into the danger zone. <laughs> I need, right. I need some help. I need to make sure, like, I'm not, I'm not taking it too far. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, just the the social media world promoting. I think FanDuel is probably the biggest, like, the one that I see the most. And in Texas, sports gambling is not legal yet. So, like, the way around that is you cannot gamble, you cannot hold a or operate a sports book in Texas. Right. right? So there are like online options that where the book is not held in texas and that's perfectly legal right but you can't like like fanduel doesn't operate in texas which sucks because it seems like you get a ton of really good action on fanduel right i mean they pretty much do promos giving out free money every month or two months just to get people on the site like a guaranteed free bet like here's 45 dollars. i mean it's worth it i try to tell people even people that have no idea what sports is or gambling or anything i'm like you want free money like just download it you can deposit i've done it a couple times yeah take your free money and never do it again yeah i mean it's free money yeah it typically these these places are giving you really good sign up bonuses or referral bonuses is the other place um i have a couple of stories of referring friends and you know, you typically have to hit a rollover. Basically, what a rollover is, is if you get free money, you have to do a certain amount of action. So, like, for for gambling, it's typically, I think, five times. Um, yeah, 5x is usually on the low end. 5x or, you know, maybe higher. So, like, if I got a $100 bonus, I would have to win or lose $500 before I could withdraw it. Um, so, basically, that's, you know that's what a rollover is, but you, you get these referrals and it's like, Hey, refer your, your buddy. And to bring it back to the crypto world, a lot of people want, they want Bitcoin, right? So it's like refer, uh, you know, refer your friends. And if they deposit with Bitcoin, you get what they deposited or like you get their bonus, right. As free play. And then again, you have to hit your rollover, but like, I've, I can tell you probably two times I've, I've had people referred I've referred people and I got their bonus. I hit my rollover and I cashed out and I didn't even have to do anything. So it's like just raising that awareness and like, let's be real. 
people are going to act like, oh, I'm, you know, I know how to, you know, make money gambling. And like, there are certainly, you know, principles to it. And there are certainly ways that you can increase your odds. But anyone who's telling you like, yeah, man, like I can, I can guarantee you that like, I'm going to, I'm going to make you some money. Like that dude's, that dude's no good. Yeah. There's people that pay for picks. Um, You know, there's a spot for that for sure. The whole Twitter tout or whatever. Because some people just don't have the time and they just want action. That's like their form of entertainment. They get home from work and they just want to throw $20 on something. And they don't want it to be dead money. They want to follow somebody who actually, you know, knows what they're doing. But at the same token, if they're really good at what they're doing, why do they have to sell picks? Yeah. That's the only, (laughs) you know, if they're really good and like you should follow me and pay me, it's like they're not making enough money gambling anyway. So you should kind yeah. of buyer beware. Well, the flip side of that argument is if you are really good at it, why would you give that away for free if you can make money? So right, it's like, right. there's both sides to that. But um, yeah, I think, you know, just the sports gambling world is very fascinating. And I think that, uh, you know, with, with social media awareness, really promoting some of these books and obviously the legalization of it in the United States is a relatively new thing. Or I guess not the the decriminalization of it in the United States yeah. is is a relatively new thing. Um, states are adopting it. I think right now it's um, it's being handled at the state level, not the federal level, which uh, that's a win for states' rights. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, it's one of those things where I wouldn't say that you're guaranteed to make money. It's not a guaranteed revenue stream. Anytime you're gambling or reselling you're not guaranteed like on the reselling world you're not guaranteed to ever pick any of these items up like you're not guaranteed when you go to the store to get some cards or for me to sign up for a sneaker draw i'm not guaranteed any of that but if you are able to like maneuver your way around the resale market or you know maneuver your way around sports gambling which in a sense in both ways you're you are gambling right you're gambling that you can get the item or you're gambling that your team's going to win or whatever the case may be. Um, if you're able to maneuver that, there's money to be made. Now, I'm not going to say go quit your job and do this full time, right? I do it on the side as kind of a hobby. And if I make money from it, cool. If I don't, I don't really care. And I think as soon as you start to care and like really rely on it, that's when it becomes mm-hmm. a problem. Yeah. The advice that I would have for everyone is just use the tools, the free tools available to you like Twitter, like Facebook groups, just getting informed on this before you just go, you know, dive in head first, spending tons of money and just throwing it around with no rhyme or reason. I mean, you're going to get hurt and Mm -hmm. you might learn a lesson the hard way. So I'm just trying to, you know, let everyone out there know getting into these like kind of side hustles or whatever they want to do. Just be informed and use the free tools available to you. Yeah. Well, uh, I think we're coming up on time here. So, uh, did you guys have any closing thoughts? Uh, I, you know, I feel like we did a good job covering this topic. If you guys want to learn more, reach out to myself. Uh, I'm sure, Chaz, we can we can get some sort of contact info for you if you guys want to reach out and kind of learn more. But, um, you know, we think it's an interesting area and we think it's something worth covering. Uh, and worth talking about. So if you guys want to learn more, uh, reach out to us. We'd be happy to help and give you some advice and, and kind of walk you through what it means to do all these things. For sure. Absolutely. Uh,
It's only gonna get bigger. We're only at the beginning. Yeah. Let us know what kind of content you want to uh, see going forward about sports. Um, we got some exciting announcements coming up with Chaz um, in the blue media world, so stay tuned for that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys for tuning in today. If you liked today's episode, please like and subscribe. Uh, follow us. Shoot us an email. Contact us. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, we will catch you guys next week. Later. Adios. God bless.